When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is a fantasy football scout weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we've just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week, I'm joined by somebody that I've spoken to on Scout the Game Week before now. It's FPL Rabbi. Daniel, fantastic to have you back. How are things going with you? They're going good. Thanks for having me again. What about from an FPL standpoint? Have you been having a better time of it than I have lately? Actually, yeah. The last few game weeks were really good for me. I was at game week after game week uh, 24, I was 132K. And at the moment, uh, at time we're, I'm sitting in 29K. So oh, that's a big bump. You yeah, see, we've I, done the opposite because I, I think about game oh. week 24, I was at about. 80k and I was starting to think right I've broken the back of my bad runs finally managed to get myself inside the top 100k and since then it's just been one disaster after another all the 50 50s haven't gone my way and yeah I think now I don't know somewhere around the 200k mark so it's gonna have to be um it's gonna have to be a good climb I think over the next few weeks to make sure that we finish at a respectable level but Still have my wild cards play. That's coming out in game week 31 or just ahead of game week 31. So hopefully it's going to be my change of luck. And, and actually I'm going to listen carefully to what you say today and do exactly what you advise. That seems like the best thing. My my advice would have been to play your wild card earlier. I, mm-hmm. It seems to me that everyone that kind of saved their wild card for you know 31 kind of lost a little bit ground uh, because those were two game weeks. I mean, 28, 29. I played my wild card on 28 hmm. and I was prepared for both double game weeks. And so far, I mean, last game week I had a massive score. This one started well. Um, I do still have two of my free hits. So hmm. probably going to play one in 30. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people save their, you know, their wild card for 31. Ah, we have to see what happens in 31. But at the moment, it seems like advantage for those who played it on in 28. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I didn't have, had some sort of vague plans to play in game week 28. Then I thought, actually, my team was looking quite good. And the way that the FA Cup fixtures went, I was like, "Mm, actually, my team's not looking that bad. There's quite a few good players in there for game week 28. Had a nice team for that double game week. Had a decent enough team for game week 29 as well. A fair few doublers for both. And I had the opportunity to then obviously invest in Spurs and Arsenal in 29 ahead of, uh, game week 30 so actually everything looked right and there was nothing about my team that screamed wildcard you know I was thinking about making like three or four changes and to me a wildcard for three or four changes really just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's worth it so I decided to hold out on it and and actually I don't regret doing that because I think the players that I had I would have felt wary of having sold ahead of the fixtures that we were going into um, and with just one free hit chip left I don't really want to play it in game week 30. 
I don't see the yeah. don't see there's that much upside, and this is something we're going to talk about later. But I don't see that there's a huge amount of upside in game week thirty in terms of the players that you can choose from. So just muddling through it and having the best players that you can seems like the right way to go. More on that later. Um, but yeah, so it's just been a, a difficult few weeks. But as with everything in FPL, sometimes you just have some difficult moments, and it isn't. It's how you come out of them, isn't it? So we've got to just make amends and, and and go. I mean, tonight we're recording this just as a spoiler alert for everybody during the Crystal Palace and Manchester City game. I'd bench Cancelo in this one, but he's coming on for me as Livermento didn't play. So we've got, got that game still in play. Also have games to come on Wednesday and Thursday evening this week. So a lot can change over the course of the rest of game week 29. But let's start by looking back on what we've seen so far. Obviously, then, we've had some big incidents this week in terms of injuries, and let's talk about those guys in just a second. But let's start with FPL assets that have impressed you in game week 29 or in game week 28 as well. Well, I have to say the first one is someone I don't have, and that's Sky Havertz. Mm. When, When people went for him in 28, I mean... I have to admit, it never really crossed my mind that much to go for him because I've had him last season. Uh, people got burned with him this season. I couldn't really trust him. But people that, you know, put their faith in him got rewarded really big. I know, like, few... I know the Gianni went with him. He gave him captain. I mean, that's why I, I always try to listen to people that actually support these teams because they probably know better than me mm. and he he called it i went with uh, mount yeah and with with the captaincy also so i feel relieved because and 28 i feel relieved because i did get from like a big score from him but it, when the game week ended i just i bombed him out and i got a kulusevsky for a, as a double game week player mm. but havertz really looked he looks like their number nine at the moment he looks like he's nailed for most matches we don't know what's going on you know what's going to happen when champions league matches get you know sandwiched in between but at the moment he looks in form he looks good his his goal at the weekend was wow his touch Mm -hmm. the way he finished he could have had another one uh he looks on it at the moment Uh, so that's one that i'm looking to get for maybe like from 31 because at the moment i'm my only chelsea asset is is rieger after I, I sold Mount. Uh, one I already have is Kulusevsky, uh, which is in a really nice price point. I know that he's he's he has a lot of ownership at the moment, at least like 50, 55% in top 10K. And he finds his way to points. Um, I got five points from him this game week. I still have uh, one match, even you know the match that they lost. But I think that, He's good for points against uh, Brighton and later on. And the third one is one that I'm looking for for 30 is Ivan Tony. Mm. I mean, he's he scored five and two. I mean, he had three penalties in there, but when he gets those penalties, you know he's going to score. Yeah. He never, I, I always back him to score. I think he's one of the best penalty takers I've seen. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna play against Leicester which could be a good match for both, both teams. Yeah. But he's, again, he's in form. He's on penalties. I don't think a lot of people are going to have him. I mean, probably a lot of people that will 
have to carry through 30 and not going to free hit, will look at him as an option because there's just not many options. I think also he's like the highest score from, uh, I mean, not points, highest goal score from all forwards in the game at the moment. He's either first or between inside of the top three. And he, he looks interesting, at least for 30, I'm, I'm free hitting. So I don't really have to make a big decision on him afterwards. But for 30, he's an option. I think all three of them are, are fantastic picks. Uh, you know, for me, Chelsea have been a, a team that it's been difficult, hasn't it? Because obviously their season has been quite disrupted in terms of the Premier League. They've been involved in the yeah. League Cup final. They obviously missed a game because of the FA Cup. They missed in multiple games because of the Club World Cup. So in terms of ownership in FPL, it's been really hard to invest in Chelsea for a long period of time. Most people making decisions to go with Rudiger and James uh, for their double game week in game week 28. And then some people deciding to double up with one of the midfielders. And I think for the majority, people were like you did thinking, well, maybe Mount is the best option, probably the safest in terms of starts, uh, probably the most likely to, to just tick over those points nicely between now and the end of the season if you wanted to hold him. But it was definitely Havertz that was was the one to have. And as somebody who is wildcarding in game week 31, he is right up there on the top of my agenda. I think you're right in what you say. He seems to have taken control of that position from Lukaku. He just seems to be the one that um, that is favoured by Tuchel. And I've been really impressed by the way that he's played. The consistency has been there from him. And to play right up to the end of that Newcastle game in the way that Chelsea did and, and obviously to then score that goal right at the end of the match was fantastic. Kudasevsky is another one, you know, as a Spurs fan, obviously he's somebody that I've been watching really carefully over the last few weeks. And I think he's made such a difference to the way that Spurs play, always looks likely to get something and will continue to do that, particularly when you're talking about that price point at just over 6 million. He is, you know, 4 million cheaper than Sonny is. He is offering incredible value at that price with both goals and assists. The way that he plays means he's often in the bonus points conversation as well, because he's, you know, he's taking on players. So he's getting those additional baseline points that would be really nice. And Ivan Tony is somebody that frustratingly for me, I looked at as a potential transfer in, in game week 29. He performed really well in game week 28. I was kind of thinking about planning for my team for game week 30. And I fancied Ivan Tony to do really well last time around. Obviously, it was a nice fixture. So I thought, you know, maybe that's something that I should do this week. It was an additional minus four that put me off. I thought oh, I could do it next week and it won't be quite such a problem at that stage. But the reality is I should have just done it for the hit uh, ahead of game week 29. But you live and you learn uh, and, and that's just how it is. But I think all three of them have been really impressive. All three of them looking like really nice options. And of course, Havertz won't play in game week 30 because Chelsea don't have a fixture. But both Kulisewski and Tony do. So both, if you don't own them, targets for, for this game week. Now, as I mentioned before, we've also had a lot of injuries or potential injuries in double game week 29. So we had Luca Dean going off on 10 minutes. He subsequently posted a picture of his leg in a big compression uh, sleeve, which doesn't look that promising for yeah, him. Yeah, doesn't look good. 
No, we've had a potential injury to Saka, although that hasn't been mentioned by Arteta. We saw Antonio going off, we saw Creswell injured, Lalana, Ru- um, Rodrigo, Salah potentially injured, Juan going off early, Bamford. Like it went on and on and on. And I felt like every time I looked at my phone on Sunday afternoon, there was another player who was quite popular or people had bought in ahead of the double game week. And then, of course, the blank game week to strengthen up their teams. Now, what do managers do? If you've got, for example, like I do, I've got Luca Dean in my team now. I'm less positive about him. I think he's just going to be a problem I need to just deal with now. I'm not that confident about having him, but equally he played this week. So I was kind of thinking, oh, it's fine. I'll just hold him for 30 and then wildcard him out in 31. But I've also owned Saka. So that's two of my potential game week 30 assets down. What do managers do if they own these players? Is it a case of just waiting and hoping, waiting for those press conferences, or should we be making some earlier decisions on them? I think you have to wait for the pressers. I wouldn't do anything, you know, at midweek. Uh, we still have a lot of games to be played. We're gonna get. We're gonna know know what's going on with Saka at least yeah. because there's a midweek game. He's not even flagged, by the way. No, he's not flagged. And Arteta hasn't mentioned it at all. He didn't mention it in the aftermath of the, of the game. It's not um, being reported anywhere. It's just the fact that obviously had yeah. the tackle, limped a bit and then went off. So it doesn't seem like... I certainly... Saka, he, he always looks like one bad tackle from an injury. Yeah. Or or one bad movement from an injury. He's, he's kind of injury prone. We know that. Also, another one is Broja that came on as a sub and got <laughs> and then went off again. I know. And that was a frustrating one for me as a, as a bro, your owner, I was kind of hoping that he was going to, going to be a bit of a differential for me in that game. But yeah, I there's tell you, honestly, I didn't start him. No, I, him, I didn't start him. I mean, I did start him and I started Luca Dean as well, of course. And then <laughs> neither of them went particularly well that time around. And of course, I also benched Jacob Ramsey for his 10 point haul. Oh. So it went brilliantly this weekend, as you can see. Um, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that thinking that it's a huge list of players with potential injuries. Um I think you're right. We just have to wait and see. We have to see what the press conferences say with some of these players because they play again in game week 29. We will get another press conference ahead of that. We will get to see whether they make the starting 11 or if they're in the squad for that that fixture. And then we can make a better decision. I mean, even if they are injured, I think it depends. It depends if you're looking to get someone for the long term, then okay, maybe it's okay to take a hit. But if if it's someone just so you have like more players in game week 30, I'm I'm not sure. Because that game week doesn't look exciting at all. No, and and that's probably the perfect segue for us to discuss blank game week 30. Just the four matches. How how many hits should we be taking here? Because for a lot of FPL managers, myself, if I look at my team, I had eight that we're going to play. And in my head, I had two transfers that I was going to do this week, which would have been a minus four, but it would have given me 10. And the minus four would have been for Kulisevsky and Kane. So two players that I think could do really well in the upcoming game week. So it was kind of happy to take a minus four. It would have given me the opportunity to have additional Spurs players in there. It would have given me the opportunity to kind of strengthen my team, if you like. 
but with obviously injuries to potentially Luca Dean and maybe, well, likely to Luca Dean and potentially to Saka also, I now have some other issues in my team. So I could be looking at a hit to get in probably eight players. Do we think that eight players is enough this week or do we think actually a hit to get nine or 10 is useful? I think, like like I said before, it depends on the kind of players. Because mm-hmm. like you said, Ken and Kulusevsky, you want them for the long run, you're going to take a hit. It's not a problem. If you're tr- starting to stretch it, then maybe, I don't know, you could look at someone, uh, even like Harvey Barnes. Um, you, we don't really know what we're going to get from Leicester, but we do know that we're going to get some doubles. Yes. Because they have some, some matches that still need to be rescheduled. So it all depends if you're looking, you're going to say, I'm going to get from that player, maybe some doubles in the future, then maybe it's worthwhile. I mean, you said you have one free hit, right? Yes. If, yeah. if I, I have two, if I had one, I wouldn't want to use it in game week uh, 30. And the worst case, yeah, just filled eight players because mm. most, I think most people would have kind of like the same players. You're going to have Kane. They're going to have uh, probably Kulusevsky. He's already pretty highly owned. Uh, some are going to have uh, Doherty. Uh, a lot are going to have Saka. Most people would have the same players. Yeah, so absolutely. So as, as, as long as you're going to have most of these players, and those players are like seven, eight. If you're going to have those players and a minus four, so you, you, you got hit by four points, but not more than that. Mm. So you're going to survive that, that game week. And you're going to try and make up ground the next one. What you could do if you're, you know, a bit more adventurous, you could do like maybe like another minus four and I don't know, try to get someone, like I said, like Harvey Barnes or, or another Leicester attacker mm. and gamble. And maybe you're going to make up ground even that week. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I mean, I spent some time today looking at differentials for game week 30 and actually Harvey Barnes was one of the ones that I, I was writing about. He He's top for Leicester goal attempts since game week 25. He's got 16 of them. He actually looks like the most promising Leicester asset without Vardy being fit and available. Yeah. I think that less for me, the Leicester Brentford game is quite a difficult one to read because I also think that Christian Eriksen and Tony could be really good. And up coming up against that Leicester defence that is particularly prone to being beaten, we could end up with a situation where we get quite a high scoring game between those two teams. So investing in somebody like Tony and Barnes, both would be quite differential in your team right now. Tony's not highly owned anymore. He's been sold quite heavily after the back of his injury. Um, Christian Eriksen's owned by 0.3% of the game. Obviously got his first assist last time around. He's played 90 minutes in the last two, making such a difference in terms of the creativity that Brentford have. So I'm looking at that Leicester-Brentford game as somebody that's not invested at all in that at the moment, thinking that's probably the game where I can target differentials, have a couple of Arsenal players, obviously invested in Spurs already looking at the other games. I've got Jimenez for Wolves and I'm not sure that there's many other players. You could go with a Wolves defender. I've also got Rafina who's going to be playing in that one. So do I want to go with a Wolves defender against him? Like I feel like I'm fairly invested in the other fixtures, but I- the Leicester-Brentford one, I'm not. And I think that might be the opportunity to differentiate. And maybe it's those differentials that are going to give you the green arrow. Because like you said, I think a lot of the other players are going to be owned by everyone. As someone who's going to free hit, that's the match I'm trying to attack. Because yeah. that's the match that, like you said, I don't think anyone who's not free hitting is not going to have players from them. No, exactly. So you could have Ericsson 
against a, a defense that just can't defend set pieces. Yeah, they're awful That's at set pieces. So he could be yeah. a great option there. You can pair him up with Tony. You could go with Barnes, like you say. If you want to take a bit of a punt, you could go with one of the other yeah. Leicester attackers as well. Particularly on a free hit, it's not like you're going to stick with these players forever. So if you're free hitting, I think it's the perfect moment. When you're free hitting, you have to have a little bit of fun with it. Yes. So I think, yeah, I mean, getting either Daka or Nacho, which is, it's weird. It's always, Brandon is always so weird when it comes to his team selection. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he actually made a lot of changes. Yes. In the match yesterday against Arsenal. But I think that's because they still have the second leg of the Conference League. Now, after Thursday, I'm not even thinking about which players I'm going to get from, I mean, maybe Barnes, it's, it's kind of nailed for me. But again, he has to go through that match. I'm not really thinking about the Leicester players until after Thursday. Yes. Because I do think that he's going to pick his first 11 again. Uh, in the league after they're done with uh, this round and they, they should go through. But he started the Inacho, even though we know that Dakar is kind of, you know, first choice at the moment. Mm. Uh, Barnes is the only one is really getting regular starts. Um, we know that even Madison is, is not starting every match now. No. And that's tough, isn't it? It's starting the league. Yeah. Madison would have been a perfect pick. Could have been the perfect pick for this. So I think we have to wait and see kind of what we get, like you say, on Thursday evening with them, see where we are. um, And that might give us a bit more of a feel for, for what we want to do. But, you know, as, as somebody that's kind of pondering on just taking an extra hit, I am now thinking, well, maybe that extra hit should be for one from a bit more of a differential pick because going for somebody like that, particularly because I'm wildcarding the week after, it's not like I'm hitting them in and then I'm going to be keeping them. I can, I can dead end it into game week 31, which means, you know, if I want to go a bit rogue and bring in Barnes or bring in Ericsson, which for me, it would actually be a really Uh, lovely nostalgic pick. I think, you know, it could be something that could work quite well. And I keep looking at that Leicester defence thinking, particularly as you've mentioned from set pieces, Ericsson could... They're awful. Yeah, and Ericsson could have an absolute minefield. So, I mean, I was going to ask you what your view is on free hitting. And I think you've kind of covered it. But just to summarise for everybody, if you've got two, you play it. If you've got one... Yes. Well, if if you've got two... And also don't have enough players because I wildcarded in 28. Yeah. And I looked what I'm going to do at 29. So I had some bench options for with the doubles in, in 29. And then I looked at it and I saw I can get the most out of 28 and 29 and still not free hitting in 30. Yeah. So I had to sacrifice 30. So I did. And you know something? I have two free hits. I'm going to... St- try get at least three or four players from that match because that match if i hit if i get lucky with two of them i'm going to make up ground hmm. because i'm going to have the others yeah or yeah. most of them you said rafinha i have them i don't think i'm going to keep him on a, on a free hit because no. they're playing wolves it, it's 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 a very difficult match um so i i'm thinking i'm not going to keep them uh i think all matches are kind of too close to call they're difficult games they're very hard games you've got a north london you've got a london derby in there between spurs and west ham that's a difficult match to call brentford and leicester is difficult to call because of how poor defensively we've got there so and we've got good attacking players on both sides 
Wolves and Villa and Arsenal are also very difficult to call. Very hard to call that. I mean, Arsenal historically have been the one that we would have wanted to invest in defensively, particularly in terms of Ramsdale. But I don't feel confident mm-hmm. doubling up on the Arsenal defence by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the Arsenal defenders aren't the ones that are getting the attacking returns at the moment. And, you know, Aston Villa have been good going forward. So, I mean, they've been a bit up and down, but on the most part, they're scoring goals in most games. So, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily want to double up on that. And then I look at that Leeds and, and Wolves game and I think, well, my goodness, Leeds absolutely have to start winning games. You know, they have to build on the, the last minute win that they got at the weekend. But also Wolves defensively are up and down. Some weeks, great. They're they're brilliant Wolves defensively. And you think, right, brilliant. Like Cody this week, fantastic in this game. And attacking return, clean sheets, perfect. But then other weeks... They don't keep a clean sheet. They don't look that attacking. As a Jimenez owner, I'm obviously going to stick with him because I'm not wild card, you know, I'm not free hitting this week. Do I feel confident that Jimenez is going to get something in that game? Well, he should. He He should. should I mean, you still back leads to concede every match. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm happy to have him. Um, Particularly if Huang isn't available, you know, that should mean a bit more threat from Jimenez but it's they are very hard games you know you look at those fixtures and think they're very very difficult to call so over investing feels like a challenge now before we kind of get into and I'm going to ask you for your must-haves three must-have picks for game week 30 but I just want to ask you quickly about Saka and Luca Dean now I think Saka we're hopeful is going to be fine but if Dina we don't think is is it as straightforward as we'll go Dina to cash? And if Saka isn't available, is it as straightforward as go Saka to Martinelli or Erdegaard? Or if they aren't available, do you look outside of those clubs? You're saying for someone who's not on a field? Yeah. So for example, for me, I've got Luca Dean. If he's not available, should I just be going, well, I'll get cash in instead? Or should I actually be looking across the rest of those matches, is there a better defensive pick to replace Luca Dean if he's not available than Matt Cash? Uh, I don't think I would go sideways uh, to catch because also their matches after that are quite difficult. Mm. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of their, I mean, I look at their matches after 30. I mean, before, before game week, I mean, I had Coutinho in game week 28. My yeah. original plan was, was to transfer him out in 29, but then I understood I just couldn't, he could deliver in every match. And yeah. he's, he's, he's a fantastic player. So good. Yeah. So I actually got him before he have before he played his first minute for Villa, just to have fun. Because yeah. at that point, I was like at my lowest, one of my lowest points of the season. And I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. So I got I got him for that, you know, for that United match. He got on, he got a goal, he could have get, got another assist. And since then, he's been back to his best. So I don't think I would go for cash, even though he's really playing well. Mm. Uh, he's playing upfield and probably when Dean would be out, he would probably even have to, you know, have more of the attacking responsibility. But um, I'm not sure. I mean, their, their matches to come are not that good. Uh, I would look at someone, if you're looking for someone for 30 and you don't have Wolves uh, coverage defensively, I would look maybe at Saiz if you have the, you know, the the cash or if you don't, then Kilman is okay or like Cody, like we've OG, seen. But yeah. 
I still think that leads are not defending so well, not at, you know, especially also in uh, set pieces and everything. And we know that size is a threat. I'm thinking about them even for, even for the free hit. I'm thinking about even doubling up on them because I have Sa. Uh, I think he's one to look at. Uh, Saka, the problem is if Saka is out, how do they look without him? And I guess we're going to find out on Wednesday, right? So maybe it's a conversation. But I I guess for me, I was kind of looking at earlier thinking, well, if Saka's not available, where am I going with that spot? Am I going to replace him or am I just going to leave it and hope that he plays and replace one of my non-playing players instead? And I'd sort of come to the conclusion in my head that I don't like Erdegaard or Martinelli nearly as much as I do Saka. So if Saka wasn't available, I'd probably look to Harvey Barnes as a replacement rather than looking sideways across the Arsenal team. I think, yeah, a lot of people would go maybe like with a Leicester attacker to try mm. because, again, they're going to have a lot of doubles. Yeah. And getting early on those players, you know, could be fruitful. Mm, for sure. All right, then. Well, let's talk about these three must-haves. So if I was to say to you, Daniel, I'm going to nail your colours to the mask and, and you need to pick three players that you think are absolutely must-owns for game week 30, who would you go with? So the first one, I think I'm still shocked that you don't have him. Harry Kane has <laughs> oh, to be. No. How, how do you don't have him at this point when um, he's playing so well? We probably so you probably have Son. I do. Yeah. So uh, a few game weeks ago, when Salah left for Afcon, I did the Salah to Son move because at that yeah. point Kane wasn't in that great form. Son was playing better. It was a, a straight swap rather than a minus four. And at that stage, I just we weren't seeing consistency from Harry Kane. I think that's the best way to put it. So it was. A much easier decision to go with Sun. I was confident in that. And for a few weeks, that worked quite well. Then the reality of the situation was that Salah came back from AFCON and I prioritised buying Salah over having Kane in my team because at that point, didn't really want to sell Sun and I needed another way to fund a premium. So it, it became a bit messy. And then a couple of weeks ago, had I wildcarded in game week 28, then I absolutely would have bought yeah. Harry Kane in at that moment. But when I was looking at it over the last couple of weeks, I was kind of like, well, how do I feel about taking out Sun? Now, looking at the fixtures that we've had, I backed Sun's underlying stats, his record against those teams, the consistency that he had been showing, I backed him to continue that. And he just hasn't, which has been really disappointing. He doesn't look on it. Since the arrival of Kudasevsky, we suddenly have a situation that Sun's never dealt with really at Spurs before, which is that when Kane looks up, he's got two moving targets that he can hit. One of them is Sun and one of them is Kulu. So even when Lucas Moura plays, Lucas Moura isn't that, moving target option that Kane looks for with the same balls that he sends in for Sun. But with Kulisevsky, he absolutely is that kind of player as well. So suddenly we're kind of getting half of the balls going to Sun that we were before. Now, that's fine if you continue to put away the half of the chances that you're getting, which is what Kulu's doing. But Sun isn't putting away the chances that he's getting. And so that makes him a difficult own. Having said that, He's also quite a difficult sell for somebody that isn't free hitting or wildcarding at this moment because he's playing. So I've got other issues. Yeah. Now, I think for me, the plan this week was because I'm dead ending my team was to sell Salah to fund Kane. And then as part of the wildcard, I'll part ways with Sun and keep Kane alongside Salah. And it, it makes it kind of work across the rest of my team. 
But for this week, I was kind of like, I can't sell Sun to fund that, but I can sell Salah. So I will have Harry Kane for game week 30. There's no way I'm going into game week 30 without him because I think he is the must-have player for this week. Also, the only premium asset probably. Okay, yeah. with Sun, so the two of them. But he's would be the standout captain for yes. this week. Absolutely. With Vardy out. I thought if Vardy was available, yes, I would put I the, agree. the captain. But, but when he's out, Kane is like the only option that you can actually trust. And he likes the derbies. He does. He so absolutely. He, he's a must own for, I mean, a lot of people are in your situation that they have son, they don't have him. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they have to get him, I mean, somehow. Yeah. And I guess yes. the fact that I am, de- I can dead end my team is a bonus for me at this point because I can take out Salah. I can afford to have Kane. I can make sure that my team's set for game week 30. And then as soon as the game week 30 deadline passes, I can activate my wild card and have it active over the little break that we then have coming up afterwards. So from my perspective, that works. I'm not sure you you even have to get Salah back so fast. We, we're not sure he's starting that match at 31 because he has two matches with Egypt against Senegal, I think. Mm. And... And I'm not sure when it ends, but it's going to be close. And of course, and I think that they're, they're, they're are they they have the they have the the lunchtime kickoff now. I think after and, the international break. Well, yeah, and and also of course we need to see if he's even fit and available for this week because obviously went yeah, off injured during that Brighton game. So there's a lot to be there's a lot to kind of consider with him. But I do agree mm-hmm. with you. I think I think Kane is is the top player for thirty. Who else would you have in that kind of must have category? It's you know it's very hard to say must have with this underwhelming. Uh, it is really hard. <laughs> to pick, I, I would say a Wolves player. Either you're going with with uh, Raul Jimenez, yep. and you're backing him to score, and I am backing him to score against Leeds. Yes, you know, even I mean, I mean at some point he's going to have to score. You never back him to score too much. Yeah. probably like nine. And he ever gets one. Years. Yeah, he gets one goal, maybe a yeah. couple of bonus points. That's it. Yeah, I mean, seven, eight, nine with them is like tops. Yeah. Uh, but we saw Leeds are very leaky. They can, can they even concede to Norwich. So it's either him or a defender because, I mean, they looked good against Norwich, but they always look good against championship sides. Yeah. And Wolves is not. Uh, I think Wolves would, I don't know, they have too much for them, I think. So if you're looking to, for someone who can, you know, get you points on uh, both ends of the pitch, I think you can go for someone like Saiz. Nice. Or even Johnny, if you're really, really, you know, drenched. I'm not sure I would go there because still, he, he played he play really well, but I'm not sure I would go there because we not, we're not sure of his minutes. Yeah. But it could be nice. It could be nice. Even if, maybe if you're on a free hit. And one more then. Go on, give me one more must-have or a player that's on your high up on your wish list for Game Week 30. So, like we talked about, I think it has to be a Leicester attacker because yeah. he's they got, a, they got a nice match. Then they got doubles. I would go for Harvey Barnes if it's yeah. only one of them because he's probably the only one who's kind of nailed it this, at the moment. We don't really know who's going to start from the forwards and also the other ones. And, and again, his stats are really good. They he's, are, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's top in Leicester for XGI, for uh, penalty error touches, 
big chances involvement. He's he's top for all of those. So yeah. I would go for him. Okay, I like all three of them to be honest. Or I, I think Harry Kane is the must-have. I really like the Harvey Barnes pick. He, he is definitely on my priority list for this week. And and I agree with you on Wolves. I think you know as a Jimenez owner, I'm not sure I want to double up. I'm not sure how I really if I really want to go full on and invest in the Wolves defense. But then if if I don't have enough defenders, then actually maybe that might be might be the best option. And there will be a few managers out there without Luca Dean potentially that might think, oh, it's an easy move to get a Wolves defender instead. Now, I will ask you the all-important captaincy question because it wouldn't be a scout the game week if I didn't ask, but I think this is going to be the simplest answer that you've ever given to an FPL question in your life, which is, should we just captain Harry Kane this weekend? I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I at least if so. it's not going to work out, you're going to be with, you know, in the same everyone's boat in the same else. boat. Yeah, he's going to have an EO of, of close to 200 because everybody is going to everyone who owns Kane this weekend will captain him. Anyone that doesn't own Kane this weekend gonna, will feel a bit sick. Him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll either transfer him in or feel absolutely sick while Spurs are playing that game or, against West Ham. Or probably they will get Son. I mean, they would, yeah. if they have Son, they're probably going to put the captaincy on him. So maybe also. They might have a high, you know, EO. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking of getting both of them. Yeah. I mean, actually with Kulu's price, it's not unthinkable to have all three of them on a free hit. You could potentially do that, particularly as I wouldn't rate the Spurs defense. So I wouldn't necessarily be bothered about having somebody like Dotty in if you are free hitting, but getting all three of the attackers could work well. All right, Daniel, thank you ever so much for joining me on Scout the Game Week today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again. I will be back next week to look back on Game Week 30. We'll look ahead into the distance at Game Week 31, which of course is a few weeks away. So we'll have plenty of tinkering time and I by then will have my wildcard active. Talk soon, guys.